Hello and welcome to another recording on the Promotion Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Josh Wells, and today we're going to talk about four skills to ace the in-basket exercise. It's common in assessment centers, especially for those that are that are for company officer or for for um, maybe a chief level or something above. Sometimes with firefighters, they do it too is that you have to go through what's called an in-basket assessment. It can also be called the in-box or out-box. And what you do is, is they give you a number of things that you might have to do in the position that you're testing for. And you have to organize all these things in terms of priority. And then you also have to provide solutions on how you're going to um, deal with those problems or those solutions. So I'm going to talk about those. I'm going to give you a little bit of give you some idea about how to prepare for this. And I'm also going to give you these four skills to consider. So I'm going to give you an idea of what you can expect with this type of test. I'm going to give you some tools to prepare for that. We're going to talk about four skills that you can develop along with the tools that are found in the promotion playbook to develop these skills. And I'm also going to give you a couple of ways that you can organize what they give you. If you're not testing, maybe um, maybe you recently tested or maybe you don't plan on testing anytime soon, but you just want to know how you can grow in your career and maybe develop this skill set for, for daily life, this episode is going to be really helpful for understanding some skills to take control of your time and priorities so that you can get the most out of life. If If you feel, if you've ever felt like you're trying to spin a bunch of plates and trying to keep too much going at once because maybe you're you got a busy family life or you're too busy at work or you got too much going on in life and you never get time to do things that really matter to you or you just have priorities that keep slipping then this episode will be helpful because it's going to give you some guidelines on how to optimize the time that you have so we'll get into it i'm going to give you a background story of my own um, before i get into it if you have, if this is your first time here, welcome. Uh, this exists to help empower. It's specifically targeted for firefighters who are testing for a promotional test. It can also apply to, to any first responder or if you're in the, um, like the private sector or a corporation and you want to develop for an interview or you just want to grow in your career, we're really focusing on developing these skill sets of organization and communication so that you can be the most effective with your work and um, ideally with a promotion if that's what you're going for. These skills can also apply to, to other areas in life too. So if you haven't bought the promotion playbook, what I teach goes along with the promotion playbook. If you go back, there's several previous episodes which cover a variety of skill sets. We do interviews with people who have been successful. Those are called stories from the summit. I also did a series on firefighter fitness. And then on this series, we're back into focusing on these fundamental skills to develop um, your skill set for communication and organization for an assessment center. So here's the background is that I tested for my first assessment center for the position of a company officer. It was actually the first assessment center I did um, in the fire service. So I got hired as a firefighter originally in Vail, Colorado in 2000, 
in 2002. And then I was there for a couple of years. And then I came back to Arizona and I did a number of tests for firefighter. Then I got hired in 2005 with Sedona Fire in Arizona. And then I've been there since. And I've promoted, my last promotion was to a company officer, captain position. And when I did that, uh, the last test I took was really good, which inspired me to do the this book and then to help others and have since helped a number of other people do uh, be successful with their test. But it didn't come naturally for me. Um, the first test that I took was that of a company officer. At the time, I was a firefighter paramedic for... I think it was like five years, maybe four years with Sedona. I had two years previous to that in Vail, Colorado. And this opportunity came up to test for company officer. Normally, um, it's common that a lot of people will do the engineer position and then test for company officer. Because I was a firefighter paramedic, um, I was able to test for the company officer. I had a bachelor's degree. I had an associate's degree. I had two associate's degree, bachelor's degree. Um, I had enough experience. I had all the qualifications. So I figured I was ready to test for a captain. But I wasn't really that ready. So I took the test. And one of the things that I failed, I failed the test as a whole. And one of them that I didn't do well at was the uh, this in-basket scenario. So I remember I was at um, the main station in Sedona, station number one. They had this malt, this um this room that, that has these rows of chairs, uh, that's kind of like a, a, a auditorium, but it's not, it's just a, it's somewhat of a small training center, but they have these rows of chairs that go up and they, they, you know, they escalate the rows that go up so that you can look down and see the presenter. So we're sitting in that room and this part of the test is that for the in-basket, they gave us an envelope. Most of these tests are done on computers now, but at that time they gave us an envelope we opened up this envelope. It was a full size um, eight and a half by 11 envelope. And we opened it up and there was multiple things that we had to organize and then come up with a solution to those things. So the, the given scenario was you are the company officer at this station. And on day one, these are all the things that you have to organize and deal with as part of your job. So how do you handle these problems and what solutions do you provide is part of that. I actually did a pretty good job with organization. Um, so I, I did a good job of organizing it and providing solutions. We ended up typing them in a computer. So they gave it to us in a paper envelope, but we did give our answers. I think we had the option of writing it or doing it on a computer. Um, I did type them and I think I did a pretty good job with that part of it. The part that I came up um, short on, I come to find out was um, after, after we organize it, then later on in the process, they pull you down to a room where you sit down with the evaluators and you have a conversation about how well you did with um, explaining why it is that you did what you did. And so during that part of it, I didn't do that great. I wasn't super confident in my answers. And I remember one specific thing that I escalated more than I needed to. I, I saw it as a safety issue and the evaluators didn't think it was as um, was that it was handled the best. So I didn't sell myself with confidence. Um, I talked about my, I had talked about what I did, but I didn't do the best job of presenting why it is that 
that this all made sense. And so the first lesson I learned is there's this quote from, from John Maxwell. John Maxwell's written a lot of books on leadership. And one of the quotes that, that I learned from him a while back was he said, leaders don't make the right decisions. He said, leaders make decisions and then they make those decisions right. That was a big part. That's a big thing to take away from this if you're going to do an in-basket exercise because there's not exactly, a lot of times it's not a black and white thing. There may be some things that you have to make sure you don't miss, but a big part of it is being able to make decisions and then justify why it is that those are the right decisions. So I'll say that quote one more time from John Maxwell. It says, leaders don't make right decisions. They make decisions and then they make those the right decisions. So what I came up short with was when it came to explaining my reasons, um, why I made the choices I did and how I backed them is that I didn't do the best job of, of coming in there confidently and owning it and explaining my, my, my reasons behind it. In a lot of ways, it's a similar skill set as doing an oral board is that you have to go in and you have to sell yourself <clears throat> at some level. You have to say why it is that you did what you did and do that so that it makes you shine as the best person for that position in that organization. So I didn't pass the test. I sat down in human resources office after the test. And one of the quotes that I remember hearing is uh, one of the, so I, we, so the test completed, we did the whole test. And then it was like a couple of weeks after I sat down in human resources to go over my score for that test overall. And I remember this feedback because it stuck with me. Um, it says, he made a mountain out of a molehill. And so one of my things that I didn't do well among a number of them for that test was that I had escalated something. I, I remember specifically this scenario was that the engineer had backed up into the bay and they ran over a creeper, the creeper that goes slides under the engine for checking the engine and, um, slide and, uh, and, um, I escalated that too much because I said, it didn't say that he had a backer. Um, it was damage of department policy. I thought it was a potential safety issue. I took the engine out of service until we could confirm that there was no damage to the wheel or underneath. And um, the feedback I got was I, I made a mountain out of a molehill. So one, I remember that and something to take away from that for assessment centers is remember that there's a lot of flexibility in what you do. And a lot of times it's better to paint the best picture possible than it is to be super defensive and kind of go into these rabbit holes of making sure that you do the most thorough thing. So in hindsight, maybe they were looking for me to, to confirm that he had a backer, confirm that he was safe, and then not escalate it. Cause I think I, I did a whole accident report. I temporarily took the engine out of service. Um, he had to do this report. I had to contact the BC and I just went a little bit farther than they were looking for. So that wasn't the best. Um, and so overall that test, so overall um, I learned some things from that test, but I didn't go into that test wholeheartedly committed to it. I didn't follow the seven strategies. If 
found in the promotion playbook. Number one is to choose your path and to commit your time, your money, and your effort into that test. And I just tested for the experience. Quote, I was like, I'm just going to see how I do and get the experience. I got the experience of not doing well on a test, which was marginally beneficial. It was a helpful experience, but generally I don't advocate testing only to get the experience. I encourage you to test. If you're going to test, do it, um, do it to win and do it to place as at the top of the list and commit your time, your energy, your effort so that you do the best possible in that test. And if you fail, that's where you can learn knowing that you gave it your best effort possible. So I didn't give this the best effort possible. I gave it a half-assed commitment and got a poor result. And I learned from that. So, so going forward into resolve this is that um, when I did the last promotional test that I did, which I ended up placing at the top of the list and I got inspired to create all these resources to help others. And many people who have um, since applied this content have placed at the top of their list. And it brings a great amount of pride and joy for me to contribute and to help people do that. And I, I hope that if you're right for the position and you're ready and you commit wholeheartedly, you will have a similar benefit of getting, um, getting that promotion that you're after or whatever it is you're looking to grow in life. So let's get into the content. So, so now we're going to talk about the, the four skills to ace the end basket. Real quick, I'm going to tell you what those four skills are. We're going to expand those skills. And then I also want to cover with you what you can expect with organization of it. So actually, the four skills, I'll just cover them. Then I want to talk about organization. And I'm going to go back to these four skills. So the four skills we're going to get into is number one is eliminate the ability to eliminate things that don't need to be done. Number two is delegate is the ability to allow others to help you get a project done. Number three is automate, is to automate things that can be done automatically to save time and energy and effort. And number four is do, do the things that you do best and let others do the rest. So eliminate, delegate, automate, do. Eliminate, delegate, automate, and do. Those are the four skills. I'm gonna elaborate those a little bit more. Uh, before I get into that though, I wanna cover a couple ways of organizing the content that they give you. So a few examples you might expect to see. I mentioned my example where we got an envelope and it had all these scenarios that we had to deal with. Um, that may happen in your test or it may be done by a computer or they could have another way of, of delivering these things that you have to do. A few examples that you might have is you might have an employee that's having problems, either they're having behavioral problems or they're having competency problems and you have to address that. Maybe you have an upset community member. Maybe you have a happy community member. Maybe you have an apparatus problem. Maybe you have some required training that needs to be done. Or maybe there's some meetings that you have to attend. Um, and there's a lot of other things that could come up. So there's all these different things that can come up. So you want to be prepared and you want to practice by all the possible things that could come up. A way to prepare, uh, what you need to be aware of is what are the hot topics right now in your department and be ready to speak to those, those top things that are hot topics in your department. So what you can expect to be evaluated on 
is they may evaluate you on some of these criteria that you're, you can identify the key issues. So you make sure if they give you something that's a high priority, you recognize that and categorize it appropriately. I'll talk a little bit more about that under the four skills, but you can identify key issues. You can set priorities. You can anticipate problems. You create solutions. And then you give reasons behind your solutions. So a lot of times, as I mentioned before, there's not a right or wrong solution. They want you to give a solution and then give reasons why that is the best solution. If you can back your reasons with the mission, vision, values of the organization, along with policy, along with with department culture, that's really going to help you give the best reasons behind the solutions. So a lot of times the reasons behind your solutions can weigh heavier than the actual solution that you give. And then in terms of the final part of this organization is there's two ways you can organize it. If they make sure you pay attention to the details, be very clear on every detail they give you and follow those details. Now, if it's not specified, there's two ways that you can organize it. One is you can do it chronologically. So you just do it by the time of day that the event occurs. So let's say you start your shift at 7.30 in the morning, and then at eight o'clock you have to have a meeting, and then at 8.30 you have a problem that comes up at nine. So you can do this by time, and if you have time, then next to it you can give a priority, and then you can give a solution. So in the promotion playbook, there's a couple, there's two templates that you can practice with, organizing it by time. The second way that you can organize it is by priority. So if it's by, if you do it by time, make sure that you include the priority and the solution that's part of that. If it's by priority, then you still want to, you would include, you would say, these are all the, the, these are all the high priority. You have the high priority, you have medium priority, and you have the low priority. So you would organize them by high priority, medium priority, and low priority. And under that, you're going to give the problem and the solution. You might also want to include the time that it occurs as part of that, just to make sure that you're keeping track of time. But the or- So that's two ways to consider. You organize it chronologically, or you can organize it by priority. Either way you do it, make sure that you identify the problem and you give a really good solution to the problem. And not get too stuck in the problem, but focus more on the solution. So now, so that's in promotion playbook. You can go through that and go through that. And I, I most of these two, most of the the templates and the tools in the promotion playbook are designed to do multiple times. It's not just designed to do once, but you should make copies of this, you should print it out, and you should do it multiple times so that you can get the sets and reps so that on test day it comes as second nature to you. So now to the four skills. So those that's the first piece is understand how you're going to organize it and the flow of it. You have to have a good flow. Once you have that set, now you can consider these four skills. And I'm also going to give you a, a tool from the promotion playbook that's going to help to refine this skill. So the first one is to eliminate. <clears throat> Remember, eliminate, delegate, automate, and do are the four skills. So first is eliminate. 
there's a real, there's a good book. There's a great principle, and there's a number of books that reference this principle. It's called the 80-20 rule, or it's also called the Pareto principle. And you can look up the book, the 80-20 rule. It's also in this book called The 4-Hour Workweek. There's a lot of books that reference this 80-20 rule, or you can just do a Google search if you want to find out more. But it means that 20% of the results uh, or no, 80% of the results will come from 20% of the effort. So it applies to economics. It applies to produce, uh, like farming and produce. It applies to money. Um, it applies to effort. And so if you look at your organization, there's probably a small percentage of people that do the majority of the work in the organization. If you look at the world's wealth, most of the wealth is controlled by the top 1% of the population. If you look at, uh, if you go and plant a bunch of seeds, then there's probably only gonna be a few seeds that produce most of the harvest. So understanding that 80% of the results are only gonna come from 20% of the effort. And it's actually, quite often, it's actually a lot less than 20%. Sometimes you'll hear is that 95% um, of the results come from 5% of the effort. So understanding the way you apply this principle is that you eliminate all the things that you don't have to do. So if it's a low priority and it's not something that's going to help you to meet your objectives for the day and to, to best serve the mission, vision, values of that organization, of your crew, of the community, then you should just put it as a low priority and maybe not even do it. Like there's nothing great about doing everything. And there's no honor in doing something well that shouldn't even be done in the first place. So the first skill I want you to practice is that of elimination, is go through and think of all the things that you can get rid of and the things that you can put as a low priority, that if you don't get to them, it's not a big deal. You can even say that you're not going to do them because it's not part of your role. Or under the next piece is you could delegate and maybe give those items to someone else. So now that being said, is that figuring out that most of the things that you get are probably not going to be in the high priority category. Now, that being said, it's very important that you identify what the high priority items are. So to help identify that, the tool I want you to review is the four hazards found in the promotion playbook. So I call it the four hazards because it's the four areas that you have to be aware of because these four areas have a potential of being a high priority. If there's something in one of these categories that creates a, a significant problem, it likely needs to be a high priority and it needs to be dealt with um, soon and appropriately. So the four hazards are your any, any type of legal, uh, legal, any breach of a legal responsibility. So if something illegal is happening, that needs to be dressed right away. If it's something that's going to cause bad public image or bad press for the newspaper or a bad image, like one of your fire, like anytime you go out in public and it's something that someone could take a picture and it could go on social media and give your organization a really bad name, that's a high priority. So we have anything illegal. We have anything that could tarnish the reputation, uh, the public image of your department. Next is we have emergency response. 
So um, emergency response is make sure that you're ready to go if you're responsible for any calls, anything that gets in the way of your ability to respond to an emergency response. Maybe it's a flat tire, maybe it's an injury, maybe it's something along those lines. That needs to be a high priority. So emergency response is, and these aren't, these are all four areas of equal importance depending on what the situation is. So legal. So the other big part about legal is you have to understand the local the state and the federal laws that apply to your position. So you have some of the big ones in a workplace is you have the equal employment, um, the EEOC. Um, you have to be aware of discrimination. You have to be aware of um, what classes are protected, what classes aren't. There's a lot of workplace rules. There's OSHA. There's um, there's if you're driving. There's the state laws and the federal laws. And so you have to be aware of the local, the state, and the federal laws that apply to your workplace and make sure that you can address those if something comes up under that category. So legal, uh, public, image, the uh, uh, emergency response, and then number four is safety. So you anything that could cause a hazard that could cause injury or um, cause you to get hurt is a high priority. So go, we got safety, we got your ability to respond. So emergency operations, we have the public image and then we have anything legal. So look that up, that's the four hazards and there's just a picture of that. So make sure that you're aware of that and you're aware of the policies and procedures along with the resources that you have if you're to face one of these, because these are the four categories that that there's a good chance that if something lands in that category, that it's going to be a high priority. Safety, emergency response, public relations, and anything legal, know the laws. So those are the big four you have to be aware of. All the other stuff, may not be as much of a priority. So if it's a low priority, just put it in low priority. And if you don't get to it, it's not the end of the world. Maybe you can delegate it, which is the next one. So the next skill is delegation. So with delegation, the metaphor here is that don't be a ball hawk. Don't feel like because you're testing for a company officer or a chief, or the driver operator, that suddenly you have to be responsible for everything. It's a team sport. It's a team environment. And so don't hold on to these tasks. Delegate as much as you can and share the workload by enrolling the right people to help. A tool that can help with this is the team roster. And that just helps you to, to define. That goes back to strategy number two, which is power of proximity is that knowing who your team is and who you can rely on to help you with accomplishing the objectives for the day. There's also, um, if you have the roster and you understand your roster for the day, you can also know who's going to be best to, to share those tasks with. So eliminate the unnecessary things and make sure that you, you find those top priority issues and you identify those. Those, um, the top priority things should get the majority of your emphasis because if you can handle those things well, the rest is it may not be as important.
Next is to delegate. So what can you delegate and how can you enroll your team to best support the objectives of the organization that day? Next is automate. So how can you automate the things that are redundant? There's a lot of tasks that you do every day that you may be able to do them more efficiently, uh, quicker, is that if you, you have a process to automate it so that it just automatically takes place, what could be helpful is maybe setting a timer, maybe creating some type of, of worksheet, maybe um, just looking at the system and process that's in place so that you don't have to do redundancy. If you're constantly doing repetitive things that don't need to be done, then I guess you could go back to looking at eliminate and by automating something, it's a way to make sure that it gets done, but it doesn't require a whole amount of effort. So one idea for, for automating is that, uh, you know, a common example is shopping for meals. If you come up with a meal plan well in advance, then it doesn't have to take a whole lot of time out of your day to figure out what the crew's going to eat, uh, <clears throat> when you're going to go shopping, or maybe, um, you know, maybe even you could bring the food in and then it saves you time that you don't have to go shopping with the crew. Or in today's world, maybe you could just order the food and have like, um, you know, one of these companies bring it by and just drop off the food and you can automate these things so that they occur without a whole big process taking up a lot of your time and energy for the day. So automate redundancies and then <clears throat> the in-basket templates. So how to prepare for the in-basket is that the more prepared you are by going through these templates and doing sets and reps of filling these out and categorizing these and coming up with solutions and um, going over your team, the better you're going to be prepared. So the in-basket templates, which is in the promotion playbook, it's under application skills. That's going to help you to prepare for this. So the, the skill is to get reps preparing for this and realize it's a skill just like anything else um, of going through this. And so the more repetition you get going through these scenarios, the better off you're going to be on testing. The final piece is that this saying is that do what you do best and let others do the rest. The tool that helps with this is to do the oral board prep sheets, which is found, that's the, the skill that's in the promotion playbook, is to go through the oral board prep sheets. And part of this, these prep sheets is you know yourself, you know the position, and you know the department slash organization. If you know yourself, you know the position, and you know the department, then you're going to be able to, to know the things that you can do extremely well. And when you know that, you're probably going to have the awareness that you're really not going to be that, if you're going to be honest and authentic with your performance, you most likely are marginal at most things, and there's only a few things that you do well. Ideally, there's only a couple things, maybe like one to three things, maybe just one thing that you know that you can do far better than anybody else. And that is your X factor. That is your, your gifting in it. You enjoy doing it. And you're far better at that than most people that you know. Maybe you have the potential of being the best in the world at this one skill set. And anytime there's an opportunity to apply that skill set, that is what you should absolutely do. Do what you do best and let others do the rest. Working in the fire service is a team, it's a team sport. And 
the better that you can rely on your team and use the, the strengths and the gifting of your team, the better off you're going to perform as a whole. What you don't want to do is you don't want to show up, pretend that you have all the answers, pretend that you're better than everybody else, take on all the work yourself and think because you're in that position, you're going to work 10 times as hard as anybody else doing everything possible. There's no... Um, there's not a lot of value to being a jack of all trades. There's that saying, jack of all trades is a master of none. So this final skill set is that realize what you do best and do that thing which you do best. For the things that you don't do well, you can eliminate, if you can eliminate it, eliminate it. If you can delegate it, give that task. The things that you don't do well, there's a good chance that somebody on your team is good at that. So allow them to do the things that you don't do well. And then also think of what things can you automate so that it so that you can uh, reduce redundancies and have an automatic process. So one more example of, of how to automate is for workouts. If if you show up and the crew, if you tend to work out as a crew together, sometimes um, when it comes to workouts, if there's not a lot of clarity, sometimes people eat up a lot of time coming up with the workout. But if you already have a plan, pre-planning can help with automating things. So if you show up in advance and the whole team's on board with doing a workout and you can just set what workouts you're going to do for a whole month, that's another way that you can automate things. And so you're not creating, you don't spend a lot of time creating a, a whole workout. Unless, of course, you enjoy doing that. But um so here's the, the final, the four skills to ace the in-basket. What can you eliminate? What can you delegate? What can you automate? And what can you do best? Eliminate, delegate, automate, and do. So as you're going through the in-basket, practice these different skills. So the tools, again, in the promotion playbook is we have the, um, the four hazards. And in the promotion playbook, there's a picture for that. I encourage you taking a picture of that with your phone or making a copy and just keeping that with you as you practice your in-baskets, these four hazards, because when you see something that would fall into that, there's a good chance it's going to be a high priority. Delegate. Don't be a ball hog. Share the task. Share it with others. Know your team. There's the team roster. And then also looking at the roster if you're able to get the roster of who you're working with the day before or the week before, um, that'll help you to best understand the strengths and weaknesses of your team that you have to work with. Also understand your supervisor, the chain of command, um, who's available. If administration's available, such as human resources, um, know that they could be a resource if it's a Monday through Friday. If it's a weekend, maybe administration's gone. Maybe it's a little bit harder to get in contact with them. Um, so just being aware of all these things is helpful. And the more that you can be prepared, the better you're going to do. And then the final tools. So for automate is just get practice with the in-basket. And then the aura board prep sheets help you to know yourself, know the position, know the department. So in conclusion, if you haven't subscribed, please hit the subscribe button. If you're looking for a visual, if you're more of a visual learner, I tend to learn better visually then you can go to YouTube. There's a channel called The Promotion Playbook. And I created a number of these where I did it as a screen share. So you can see these tools that I walk you through it so you get the visual part with it.
Then if you go to Amazon and buy the book and then expect to hear some more resources, I'm going to do some more interviews and expect to continue getting content. Thank you for listening. I wish you the best of luck. God bless. Thank you.